to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Well, here we are. Here we are. December 27th, the last show for 2020. Can you believe it? Where did the time go? I remember so clearly our first show for this year. It was like I was so excited. It was 2020. We were going to get started with everything new happening in our lives. We have discarded all the excess baggage, you know, left it in 2019. And then here comes 2020. But you know what? With everything that we encountered this year, it has given us a level of resilience. We have developed within our journey And everything else that we've learned, a level of resilience that has carried us through. And you want to know something else, too? It will continue to carry us through as we move into 2021. So before I begin, I want to remind everyone that City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours. These tours are designed to give you a unique opportunity to learn the history of New York City neighborhoods that you are currently running through while you're getting your workout on. You can choose from 23 different tours of neighborhoods in Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. For a list of neighborhoods and a full tour schedule, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. So, for this final show of 2020, I'm going to do a look back on what we covered during this year. So, that means I went through all of our old shows. I hadn't realized, I have like over 50 some odd shows, which I would because it's been a year, but I never really thought of it like that. And so I did a look back on over all the shows to pick out, you know, What were we talking about? What did the atmosphere feel like when the show was being recorded? All that stuff. And I decided to do um, the year in review for for, uh, What Would Kay Say? So this is what this show is about because we're winding down. It is the last show of the year, as I mentioned before. And any of you that missed all my shows from last year when we started our first year of our five-year plan journey, 
you can find it on um, my archives are in the page for my show on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. And I'm also on Spotify and iTunes. What would Kay say? So with that, um, let's go on with, you know, when I first started out 2020, I was so excited for the year to begin, right? I was super excited because I was like, wow, a new decade. Oh, everybody was so excited, so happy. And then 2020 came. And then we had to deal with everything that we had to deal with. But our first show of the year, I do remember we had started out on our journey to begin our five-year plan. And it was five, you know, new you, new new year, new you. So we were discussing everything for the five-year plan. We outlined everything we wanted to do. And I must say, the first year was a bit rough, but of course, as all first years and anything that's brand new, we had to get our, um, we had to start out with our training wheels. We had to balance our, our lives. We had to see what we wanted to do differently. We had to um, assess where we were. We had a, a lot of the foundational work that we needed to do was done in 2020, which was good because COVID was a great teacher for that because during the COVID period, we totally had the time to think about everything that we wanted to think about, right? So we said we were gonna do our five-year plan and that plan was going to get us started on our journey to where we would ultimately wanna end up, which was finding what our purpose here on earth was. I knew in the beginning I kept giving us warnings that it was going to be a, a bumpy road because remember I kept making the shoe analogies about the flip-flops and the Timberlands and things like that. And I knew it was going to be a rough road, but little did I know that God was actually preparing us for what was coming for this year. In, in January, when we were talking about what we needed to take with us, how we needed to dress, how we needed to prepare, everything was in preparation, not literally what we needed to wear, but everything was in preparation for what we were going to encounter during the course of this year. And if we followed everything that he gave us, if we followed the um, instructions that he had laid out before us in the beginning of the year, we would have found that although 2020 was a hard year to navigate, we were able to navigate it with a little bit more ease because we were looking for, we were prepared for what was going to come. We didn't know it was going to be as drastic, but we knew it was going to be bumpy roads and we were going to have to make adjustments in our lives. And we were able to do that accordingly. So if you remember, we began in the beginning keeping a, a gratitude jar. And it's so funny that when I was looking over like holiday um, items, gifts you can give people, you know, for 2020, for Christmas or whatever, they had blessing jars. They were selling these blessing jars for like $20, $25. And it was the same exact mason jars that I was telling you guys to go, just go buy a mason jar and get a pad or a, st you know, sticky paper or whatever 
write down what you were grateful for and drop it in the mason jar. They actually had mason jars with bows on them, calling them blessing jars and selling them for like $20 a pop. Where if you got your mason jars from before when we first talked about it, our mason jars were what? $3 maybe? So let's talk about how the whole element of the gratitude jar came about. It was a present that I had received from my son for Christmas 2019. And he gave me the jar and he gave me a small notepad with a pencil. And he stated that I should write once a week everything for that I'm grateful for that happened in that week and place it in the jar. And then at the end of the year, you could go through the jar to look back and reflect on what God had done for you. So I decided to incorporate the gratitude jar in our five-year plan. So it would be a way of us to look back of the many blessings that God had given us. And if anybody kept the jar or at least started the jar, when times got kind of rough for you, you could have always looked back into that jar and taken out pieces of the, you know, the papers that you had written to see just how God had carried you through the many situations that were going on in your life during 2020. So this year was full of lessons, right, that we needed to learn. I'm not even just talking about the whole face mask, properly washing your hands with hand sanitizer, because you know, in order for it to be effective, it has to consist of at least 70% alcohol. I've learned so much about hand sanitizers in this year than I ever even imagined thinking about hand sanitizers. For some of us, this was the first time we had properly learned how to wash our hands. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful to, to anyone, but what you have to remember is what you learn as a child, you bring into adulthood. So if you weren't taught as a child that you needed to wash your hands for at least 20 seconds, then as an adult, you're not going to wash your hands for 20 seconds or more. So just the whole concept of having to wash your hands and sing the happy birthday song to yourself twice, it became a big deal to some people because that's not the way they learn to wash their hands. So it was a it was a learning it was a lot of learning being done in 2020 that some of us might have just taken for granted because we thought we knew but we found out that we really did not know, right? So with that that not being the only lessons we had to learn, we also had some very harsh lessons when it came to the um the subject of racism. Racism was a very hot topic for us in 2020. And I think it was only second to, to COVID. Everything, it was COVID was number one, yes. But right under COVID was race relations. That was a hot topic for 2020. And as we discussed with the different instances that had happened throughout the year, you know, the unfortunate deaths of George Floyd and amongst many others, racism is relative to what you have experienced. Because not everyone has their same, has the same story, but everyone has their own story. And it affects everyone differently as it also showed us that many people were indifferent to it. Many people were indifferent to the fact that 
racism even existed. And we saw that as well. So we did a, a topic on that, just how how a death affected, how one death affected multiple people in multiple ways. 2020 was definitely a season of finding out who you were as an individual and also finding out who others were. And we realized that what we had thought about other people or what we believed to be true about other people wasn't actually that person at all, right? So we learned how to get to know ourselves, how to get to know others, and how we could interact with one another with the newfound information that we have had acquired. But the most important thing I wanted us to know that we should have taken out of that in getting to know who you were was Psalm 139.13. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And this is a promise that we should be saying to ourselves each and every morning when we wake up. Every day when we go into the bathroom to brush our teeth and take care of whatever we have to take care of for ourselves. And we look in that mirror, we should say to ourselves, we are, or I am. We look in the mirror and we say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Because given the, just thinking about everything that took place in 2020, if you can hold on to that, if there was nothing else for you to be able to hold on to, if you could hold on to that, that right there propels you to be able to do whatever it is that you need to take care of in your life, for your life, and for others as well. As we navigated on our journey through 2020, we also learned how once you knew yourself, we learned how to pray effectively and knowing the various names of gods. So then not only did we learn the names, but we learned the function of those names. So when you did pray, it made your prayer that much more effective because you weren't just praying to, oh God, as ambiguous God, you were talking to him as I know you first person I have a relationship with you, God, because you were calling them by your name. It's different when you see someone in the street or like a stranger in a supermarket and you're speaking to them. Yes, you can talk to them. You don't know their name. You don't know anything about them. And yes, you can have a conversation with them. But when you run into someone in that supermarket that you actually know and you know their name, oh, hi, Betty, how's everything? You can then go into specifics while talking to Betty specifics that you would never touch upon when you were just talking to a total stranger that happened to be in the supermarket, although you were having a conversation with them. It's the same thing with God. When we found out his names, well, some of them, because there were, he has so many names, but we touched upon the, the, the most relevant and important names that we could use. We found out what that name meant and in what capacity he flowed when he was called by that name. So it let us go to him if we needed a God for healing, we knew to address him as Jehovah Rapha. If we wanted a God, when we needed something, a God to supply our needs, we knew him as Jehovah Jireh. We knew him as El Elyon, the God Most High, 
or Adonai, Lord and Master. We knew him as Yahweh, Lord, Jehovah. We knew him as Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. We knew him as Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. We learned all those names, Elohim, God. We learned all those names to know that when we wanted to go to him, that we would use that name to go to him with that name. And it was like we were calling him because he was our friend. We were close to him. We understood and he understood who we were when we addressed him and he was able to address that particular issue that we were praying to him about just a couple of other names we knew him as jehovah sidkenu the lord our righteousness jehovah mikadishkem the lord that sanctifies you you understand what i'm saying when i say these names and how we learn them in order to make our prayers more effective when we did pray to God. And in learning those names, we also learned how to dress with the armor of God when we were preparing to go into battle, which dealt with spiritual warfare, right? The breastplate of righteousness. We had the belt of truth. We have the shield of faith. We had the helmet of salvation. We had the sword of the spirit. And we had the gospel of peace. All those things we put together when we went to fight the battle of spiritual warfare. Another very important lesson that we learned besides who we are is that our words have power. Our words give birth to everything that happens in our life. Our words are life and death. As Proverbs 18 tells us, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. We also learn that from the heart, the mouth speaks. Luke 6, 45. And, me, and saying that the words that you speak can and will determine your destiny. So we learn that in what we speak and the habits that we create or the habits that we had acquired will direct everything in our lives. How we learned how those important elements that we most people take for granted because most people don't really pay attention to the words that they use and the context that they're using them to know that those words that they're saying, they're actually sowing seeds into what's going to be their harvest in their life. A lot of people don't realize that. And we went through that whole lesson of guard your words carefully, say what it is that you mean, and don't just use idle chatter, idle chit-chat, and gossip because it will come back to bite you. We also realize that our attitudes, our habits, along with the fact that we are unwilling to forgive, play a major role in how our character is formed, right? We spoke about the differences between fear and faith and the roles that angels play in our life. We talked about a number of subjects this year that have, if we followed everything that we discussed and really thought about it and took it to heart, we were beginning to lay, we actually had laid our foundation that would give us the tools that we needed to continue on this five-year journey. And not to forget 
that we had our word of the month. And that word of the month motivated us to keep going along our journey because we knew for that month that's what we should have been focused on. Like we got intentional in what we were going to do for God, which is what we needed to be in order to be disciplined, right? And when we became diligent, we were able to acquire dominion. Then things took a turn and we needed to reset in order to evaluate where we were and to make certain to where we were going, right? Then it took obedience. And having mastered being obedient, that obedience granted us a level of freedom. And with the elevated level of freedom came the responsibility of having to reform, commit, and focus because there was a greater picture ahead and far larger than we could ever see or imagine. So for us to see the new greater picture, it would take some work on our part. We needed to have hope and continue to believe. So now all those words that we had throughout the year shaped everything on our journey. So now we're well equipped to start 2021. But as God would have it, he didn't just have us stopping at having a word for the month. That wasn't enough for us. He knew that we would need more this year to keep us going and to keep us focused on what we needed to do. So he incorporated us having a promise every week. So when we had the word of the month, we then had a promise for every show. That promise was built into the show to give you that extra encouragement that you might have needed to make it through your week. When you felt that you were at your wits end, when you couldn't go any further, you could have reflected on the promise and that would have sustained you till you got to where you needed to be the next week to hear what the next words was going to be from him. So with that, I say this journey that we took in 2020 has been eventful, but it's also been enlightening. And I look forward to the year 2021 and all that it has to offer us as we continue our journey towards our greatest destination, which is our purpose for living. So with that, I think we're going to go into a music break. And when we return, we'll have op-ed. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'd like to dedicate this to all of the Creator's righteous children. I have some food in my bag for you. Not that edible food, the food you eat. No, I have some food for thought. Since knowledge is infinite, it has infinitely fell on me. So, it was a stormy night. You know, the kind where the lightning strikes. And I was hanging out with some of my artsy friends. Ooh, you, you, the night was long. Cool and I'm through the break of dawn. Incense was burning, so I'm feeling right. I see, I picked my friends like a pick my fruit. Again, he told me that when I was on there, you I don't walk around trying to be what I'm not. I don't waste my time trying to get what you got. I work it pleasing me, cause I can't please you. And that's why I do what I do. My soul flies free like a willow tree. Do we, do we, do we? And if you don't want to be down with me. If you don't want to be down with me, then you don't want to be down with me. 
was broken, I was acting out. The blackness, blackness. keep the keep on.
Welcome back to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Now, today, in op-ed, I want to just bring back, since this is a show of reflection on any everything that we talked about in 2020, I want to take us back to some of the things that took place, but that are still happening, that are still being put up in the news as if it just occurred. And... It, it's disturbing to say the least, but it's still things that we need to be aware of, topics that we need to be aware of, that we need to pay more attention to in 2021. So um, I remember speaking to you about how black and brown women were being tested for drugs along with their babies without their consent. Now, if a, um, if a woman of color went into the hospital to give birth, she once she gave birth her baby was automatically tested for substances be it alcohol be it opioids be it whatever they were testing all the babies once they were born of all people all women of color without the parents consent and without any what do they call it uh having a reason to do like what was the reasoning behind it it wasn't that they assumed that the mother was a drug addict or they um had word that the mother was a drug addict or that the baby was even showing signs of any type of withdrawal or any type of of being under the influence of any type of drug they were just randomly not even randomly they were specifically testing just people of color women of color that were giving birth to their babies in the hospital and it was in the news just last week that a story that broke on News 12 Brooklyn, Asia McKenzie, she reported it, that a woman had went into labor and she went to the hospital. So while she was in the hospital, when she was in labor, they gave her morphine for her pain, right? Now, the doctors in the hospital gave her morphine. And now, after she had the baby, of course, because they're doing these tests on the babies, they found out that the baby was addicted to, or not addicted, but had traces of an opioid in his system. And so with that, they alerted the social worker, and then the social worker then alerted ACS, right? Agency for Child Services. And when this happened, now, you know, when you're like in some places where you the maternity ward where you have the baby is not necessarily where the baby is housed. They usually go up into pediatrics in like an, a separate baby room. So just because you had the baby on one floor, the baby is then transported to its floor and the, the nurses on that floor that were conducting the drug test had no knowledge of what was going on on the maternity floor to know why the mother might have had drugs in her system. So you see where I'm going with this story? So they took the baby to pediatrics, right? And the baby's in his little, you know, the little beds that they have. You go to the window and you see rows of babies for days, right? 
So now the social worker is contacting the mother and they're telling her that she now has a case with ACS and she's going to get a visit because they now have to do an investigation as to why this baby was born with drugs in his system. But now the nurses that gave the mother the drugs, they're like, um, hello, can you, you know, they were talking to the social worker saying, can you stop this process? Because we administered the drugs to her. That's why the baby has drugs in its system because it was a painkiller that we gave to the mother during childbirth. The social worker says, no, I can't do anything about it. The wheels are already in motion. She can clear it up when she has her appointment with ACS. Now, do you see the, the thought behind that? I c not I, but the mother can clear it up when she has her appointment with ACS. Why must a case even be built if it could have been cleared up in the hospital before it got out of hand? So now, fast forward to what's going on right now. The mother still has a case open in ACS because they're still wanting to investigate why this child was born with opioids in its system instead of just taking the word of the physicians in the maternity ward saying we gave her the drugs, that's why the baby has it. No, it's now this whole big ongoing investigation all because a woman of color went into a hospital to give birth to her baby. But what they said statistically that 70% of women of color that go into the hospital to give birth to their children are tested illegally, and so are their babies. But out of that 70%, only 15 to 20% are actual drug users. So when they test the babies, those babies that come back positive and they do a deep dive investigation, it's only like 15 to 20% of those women that were actually on drugs. But then what happened to the other 50% of the women that aren't on drugs but now have these open cases with ACS that they're constantly trying to prove their innocence that they're not drug users, but yet this is what they're being labeled as because their child was illegally tested. And that's the, that's the, that is the cherry on the cake. It's okay that you're, you test a baby because you want to see if it's addicted to drugs because you feel that the mother may be a drug user. But to just test a baby just on a whim because it's a black baby, because it's a brown baby, because it's any other color than white, I'm going to test this baby because it's going to be addicted to drugs. And you're only testing it for drugs, mind you. You're not giving an overall assessment of, oh, let's test this baby to see if it has diabetes. Let's test this baby to see if it might have cholesterol. Let's test this baby to see if it might have some birth defects. No, we just want to find out if, it's a dr if the baby's addicted to drugs because then we can then we can then label the mother as unfit. Um, what do they call that when they, you put the child? In, oh, endangering the welfare of a child. All those labels can now be placed on this new mother of color. And it's all because the doctor gave her a painkiller because she was in pain during childbirth. <laughs> the irony of that, right? But I just wonder how many babies... On the flip side of the coin, because you know I love a coin, it has two sides. I just wonder, on the flip side of that coin, how many white babies would be tested 
would have if w- if they were tested their test would come out positive for opioids i wonder but we won't ever know that because they're not testing white babies without consent of their mothers so that's one issue that i want us to keep an eye on going forward then why is this you know why is this happening why are people's rights just being violated well we know people's rights are violated all the town all the time but blatantly being violated by the hospital staff they're just testing the babies and sending this information off to acs interesting has this now become the new form of systemic racism you know we won't we won't knot them up in the system once they get out. We won't try to make their life miserable once they get out because now they've been protesting in the streets and they oh, <gasps> they become aware that we have been putting all these, um, Im- implementing all these rules and regulations to make their lives harder. So you know what we'll do? Before they even become aware that these rules and regulations are in place, we'll just, we'll catch them at the cradle. We'll get them before they even get out into the world. We will keep a trace on them from the day they are born to make their lives and their mother's lives quite miserable. And now in other things I want us to keep our eye on going into 2021, we have the woman in Chicago who was subjected to an interrogation while standing completely naked in her home. It was one of those once again botched police, no knock home invasions where, oh wow, we have the wrong house. But until they decided that they had determined they had the wrong house, that woman was in there over an hour. It took them 10 to 15 minutes before they even decided they were going to cover her body while they stood there and interrogated her while she was handcuffed, standing in the middle of her living room, completely naked. How humiliating. Could you imagine a woman standing in a living room completely naked in front of over 15 to 20 police officers, white police officers, and you're a woman of color standing there and you're totally exposed and no one is caring that you're standing there like that. Everyone's just still asking you questions, flipping over your mattress, going in all your cabinets, doing a complete and thorough search of your home only to find out, oh wow, we're in the wrong house. And Oh, wow, the guy we were looking for is actually in this complex. Oh, what, two doors down? What, with an ankle bracelet on? How did we miss that? I wonder. But the fact of the matter is, once again, we have injustices being done against people of color. And this happened, mind you, two years ago. This happened two years ago, so this is not even new. It's new to us now because we're becoming aware of it, but this took place two years ago. And you see, they do things and they cover it up. They do things and they cover it up. All this year, we were finding out about things that had been done and had been covered up. But because 2020 is the year of vision, we are now finding out everything. We're seeing it as it's happening. We're finding out what happened before, and it needs to stop. It really, really needs to stop. And last but not least, of course, another unarmed black man shot in on his on the property of his own home. He's in his garage. Someone calls. Oh, I hear noises in a garage. I think it's someone doing whatever, whatever, whatever. Cops go to investigate. Man has a cell phone. Boom, he's dead. 
as he's standing in his own garage, trying to tell the officers why he's standing in his garage at that time of the morning with a cell phone. Not that I should have to tell the officers why I'm standing in my own home that time of the night, regardless of whether I had a cell phone or not. It's my business to stand in my garage in my home that I pay for, but I guess it's not, is it? It's a lot going on. There has been a lot going on. There will continue to be a lot going on. And they who are doing what they are doing will continue unless we put a stop to it. So with that, I want to say my time is growing short. I want everyone to have a blessed, safe year bringing the new year, praying, dancing, singing, shouting, however you do it. I know this year I'm bringing it in dancing because I am for, I am so happy to be able to see another year. There were many this year that were unable to see another year. So this year, yes, I'm going to pray as usual as I do, but my my time I'm bringing in the new year dancing because I am so happy, Lord, to give you the praises for carrying me through and for watching over my family and friends and everyone that I love and all of you. So with that, I want to say have a blessed new year. Be safe, people. COVID is still out there. If you do gather social distance, wear your mask, wash your hands. Remember the happy birthday song twice in a row. Then your hands are done. And I want to say be safe. Remember, our word of the month is believe. Let's believe in everything and that everything going forward is going to be better. And our promise, our promise going into this new year is going to be Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, I want to make it a blessed year. Be safe, people. And remember, the power within you is greater than the task that is ahead of you. And with that, God bless. And until he, we meet again and until he brings us back together again next year, peace. Peace.